Atticus Finch, a widowed lawyer in Depression-era Alabama, defends a black man against an undeserved rape charge and tries to educate his young children against prejudice. Coming in at number 25 on AFI's top movies is To Kill a Mockingbird. So raise a glass. Here's drinking with you, kid. Impressive. Impressive. I, I really just like wrapped that up in one sentence. A really long sentence. <laughs> it was, but it was still one. There were commas. It's fine. Today, our drink is tequila mockingbird. It is extremely <laughs> green. It's bright green, like neon green. I mean, it looks like it's straight. It is emerald green. This would be a great drink for Wizard of Oz. Yes. Or something Irish. Or anything It looks like Irish. green beer or something yes. like that. With yes, the Chicago River color yes 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 it is from differdsguide.com it's two ounces uh, patron reposado tequila half ounce of peppermint pastille creme de mint uh half ounce of lime juice and then a third ounce of sugar syrup you shake all the ingredients with ice fine strain into a chilled glass it's just like a mint margarita Basically, we are going to try it right now. Um, Hold on. It smells. It smells uh, like a. um, Yeah, like a. Oh, girl. It smells. It smells. I don't know if I'm going to drink this. (laughs) You're drinking it and you're going to like. Watch it be like the Death Star and be amazing. I don't really like tequila. Oh, God. I love tequila. All right. Cheers. Not nearly as bad as I thought. It's pretty terrible. I mean, it smells like mouthwash, or it, it tastes like mouthwash. Yeah, it's like if I mixed scope. Listerine, yeah, Scope with tequila. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I like both. <laughs> okay, if you're down for that, like, <laughs> time is, to boogie. I cannot describe how green this drink is. Yeah. I should have eaten lunch. Oh, my God. I'm realizing now. Okay, so here's our year in review. Conrad, finally we have the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> you have said it for every 60s movie. This was in 1962. We have got our Cuban Missile Crisis. I never heard of it. <laughs> um, John Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth. Mm. In February of 1962, Marilyn Monroe serenaded JFK for his mm. birthday. Do it. <laughs> do no. it. You no. know you want to. I don't. Okay. I don't even know what you're talking about. <clears throat> what? You, okay, now you're messing with me. <laughs> I, there was a riot on the University of Mississippi campus after James Meredith, who was a black student, attempted to enroll. Mm. Space Needle in Seattle was completed. Spider-Man, the comic, debuted. And oh. then Marilyn Monroe also died. Oh, wow. Just a I didn't few know months it was after. Yeah, it was the same year. I didn't realize that. Two big Marilyn Monroe facts. Yeah. I'm sure the Kennedys had nothing to do with it. Hmm. Films that came out that year. The Longest Day. That sounds like a terrible movie to watch. I don't want to watch about long days. No. Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. We will see on our list. Right. Great movie. The Music Man. Yeah. Mutiny on the Bounty. I can't remember if that's on our list. I know I it was it on is. the original. Okay. And Gypsy. Oh. Books that came out, I picked out the ones that I thought you might know, Conrad. I really doubt I do. Um, first one, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Never heard of it. Oh, stop. 
Stop it. <laughs> yes. We will see that on our top movies. Love that movie. It was by Ken Kesey. Casey, Kesey. A Wrinkle in Time mm-hmm, by mm-hmm, Madeline mm-hmm. Lingle. Didn't they just do that TV show recently? No, uh, they did a, re- a movie. Was it a movie? Oh. What was the one it? with Oprah and... That was the movie. A oh, that was a movie? Time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Clockwork Orange, we'll mm, see on okay. our list by Anthony Burgess. The Man in the High Castle by oh, Philip K. Dick. Did, did you watch that on Hulu? I watched part of it. I know Adam finished it. Yeah. Nick, I'm pretty Nick sure. Nick read the book. Okay. Well, I know. It came out in 1962. Yeah, we started watching it and then we, I don't think he ever finished it. Well, then we also have Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury, which... Our guest for Sunset Boulevard, Chris Patton, talked about as being one of his favorite movies mm. uh, when Disney tried to go dark. On TV, you know one of the shows. Bonanza. <laughs> Bonanza on every <laughs> single list. But we also had the Beverly Hillbillies, mm. um, Candid Camera, which I think oh. was like our first you okay. know, practical joke kind of show. Yeah. The Red Skelton Show and The Lucy Show, mm. not to be confused with I Love Lucy. Music. I pick songs you might know that maybe you want to sing for us. Mashed Potato Time. Like I can mash potato. And the mash. No, I think it's the. Oh, I can't remember it. But it was featured in Hairspray the movie, um, the original. That's oh, by Dee Dee Sharp. There's Johnny Angel, by Shelley Fabre. Mm-hmm. The Locomotion, mm-hmm. the original before on, um, Kylie Minogue redid it, like Come in on, the eighties. That was by Little Eva. The Twist mm-hmm. by Chubby Checker. Mm-hmm. And Duke of Earl by Gene Chandler. Duke, there it is. Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl. 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 Duke of Earl. Okay. <laughs> Celebrities Born. Recent Oscar winner, Michelle Yeoh. Mm. Tom Cruise. Okay. Ray Fiennes. Steve Carell. Jim Carrey. Ali Sheedy. Jodie Foster. Demi Moore. Andrew McCarthy and Matthew Broderick were all born this year. Biggin. It was a big one. So this movie on our AFI lists, it is on five. Only one of them really surprised me. One on the original list, it was number 34. It's moved up to 25. Yeah. Heroes, number one hero, Atticus Finch. Really? Yep. That's weird. He's a good man. Cheers, number two. Surprised me because... Really? Yeah. And then here's the one that shocked me. Scores, number 17. I did not even notice the music in this. I didn't notice. Uh, it was nominated for an Academy Award, the score was. And it was by Elmer Bernstein. Well, and guess who played the piano? John Williams. Shut up. God, he's yes, everywhere. He is everywhere. <clears throat> um, I do remember, like, you know, music surrounding the Radley house and like the escape yeah, and the gunshot that. and the, the frenzy after that. And that's um, true. I guess during the attack towards the end, like that music, I guess I, over the I think kind of more struggle. about like, I can't sing but it. Like yeah. you think oh, about God, star no. Wars. I no. can sing that. Right. Um, unless you put star Wars next to Superman and then I don't know which is which. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. The source material for this, it was Harper Lee's book. From 1960. So it was was made into a movie just two years later. This book was huge. It stars um, Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch. Mary Badham as Scouch. Scout. Scouch. Scout. Philip Alford as Jem. John Megna as Dill. 
we will see him later in The Godfather Part Two. Got it. <laughs> Little Dill. Okay, uh, the sh- uh, Sheriff Tate was Frank Overton. Tom Robinson was Brock Peters. Mayella Yule was Colin Wilcox Paxton. Bob Yule was James Anderson. Now, funny thing about him and kind of creepy, he was a method actor. <laughs> so Ew. Ewell? the cast, yes. Ew, the cast, no. the crew I'm not into hated it. him in no. this. I'm not into it. Um, and then Boo Radley. What? I mean, when I saw Robert Duvall in the 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 credits, credits, yeah, I was like, "What the hell is Robert Duvall in this?" Yes, and here's a fun fact about him: he has the most movies on the AFI on AFI list. Really? He's got this film. Of course, this was his debut, right. his first credited debut: right. Apocalypse Now, The Godfather, Godfather Part Two, Mash, and Network. Whereas, wow. like, Jimmy Stewart has five. Has five, right. So There's somebody else that Robert has five, Duvall, right? There's I think Robert De Niro has five. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So Robert Duvall has the most films, which is amazing. And in this one, he says not a word. Not a word. Not one word. Uh, the crew, the director was Robert Mulligan, writer Horton Foote, cinematographer Russell Harlan, and then, like I said, Elmer Bernstein did the score and John Williams played the piano comes in at two hours and nine minutes. Common sense media says 12 plus. I do kind of agree with that. Just so you get the impact of it. I think before that it would be boring. In fact, I know this because we showed it to our youngest before she was 12. (laughs) She now hates the movie. So I feel like that's accurate. 93% 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprised me. I thought because it would be much it was, higher. Oh, much higher. I, Did you not? No, I think that's about right. 93%? Yeah, I mean, I, that's not a surprising number to me. The consensus, To Kill a Mockingbird is a textbook example of a message movie done right. Sober-minded and earnest, but never letting its social conscience get in the way of gripping drama. 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. The bad review, a bad review that I I'm found, curious to hear what the bad review is. I mean, it, it makes me uncomfortable to say it. It's Andrew Saris of The Village Voice. This was back in 2016. The Village Voice seems to hate a lot of our, our movies. Have you noticed this? I mean, not really, but... They are brought up <laughs> quite a bit. Um, Andrew says, To Kill a Mockingbird relates the cult of childhood to the Negro problem with disastrous results. Uh, I don't know if I would. I, I don't no. agree with that. I don't, I don't agree with That's that review. A, yeah, I don't either. Other actors that were considered for Atticus Finch, it was actually written for, or not written for, but the original person they really wanted was Rock Hudson. Oh. Who, if you'll remember, walked out of 2001 saying, what the hell was that movie about? <laughs> right. Other people considered that, well, Spencer Tracy, who I think would have done an incredible mm-hmm. job, James Stewart was the other one. I don't necessarily agree with that one, only because I feel that it would be a very similar, or not similar role, but we have um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington coming up. And it's another just really great stand-up guy. He's in that? Yeah, he's the lead in that. You're going to love it. And then guess who auditioned for Tom Robinson? Little James Earl Jones. Oh. I know. That's fun. Academy Award wins at one Best Actor went to Gregory Peck, who mm. was shocked because he thought it would go to Jack Lemmon for A Day of Wine and Roses, where he plays an alcoholic. Huh. 
which was a big drama for Jack Lemmon. It won Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Art Set Direction, Black Black and and White. white. Yes, we've already (laughs) argued about that. Uh, The nominations, it was nominated for Best Picture, but unfortunately this came out the same year as Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. That's epic. It's going to win. Best Supporting Actress, Little Mary Batum for Scout, lost to another child, Patty Duke for The Miracle Worker. Uh, Best Director, Mulligan lost to David Lean for Lawrence of Arabia. Best Cinematography, Black and White. Wait, no, that won. No, that won Best Art and Set Direction. Best Cinematography, Black and White, lost to uh, The Longest Day. And then Best Score lost to Lawrence of Arabia, which I understand because I remembered the score Mm -hmm. to Lawrence of Arabia. Other Best Picture nominees were The Longest Day, The Music Man, and Mutiny on the Bounty. First impressions, Conrad, did you enjoy this? Yeah. I mean, this is one of the few books I remember reading in school. Like, actually reading. No no Cliff's Notes, no... Yeah. Cliff's Notes. <laughs> I love honey, I love the Cliff Notes moment. Girl, I was all oh, over God. Cliff's Notes. Um, so yeah, you know, and I think... Do you think the movie did a good adaptation of the book? As best as you can with that kind of book. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, obviously it's told through her eyes. And so mm-hmm. when you have a first person point of view book, any book... It dives into a lot of like internal thoughts, internal struggles, internal interpretations that do not portray on screen. So you lose a lot of that in any book that you translate into a movie. Yeah. I will admit, I didn't see this till a few years ago. Oh, wow. And we watched it for Father's Day because Adam and I have our movies that we will watch with our kids. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. You took another sip. But I love your dedication to drinking this. It's really bad. It's it is not the worst. Toothpaste. Yeah, tequila toothpaste. We will feel very minty fresh. This is great. Um, I will admit, my first impression, I loved it, but I thought it centered more on the court, like the courtroom scene. That's what you see all the pictures of and everything. But that was really kind of a minor or a more minor part of this movie. It was a very short part of this movie. So that surprised me when I watched it. Well, but the the backdrop of that trial drives a lot of the narrative. Yes, totally agree. All right, we're going to take a little break and then I'm going to introduce our guest. It's a good (laughs) one. And welcome back. All right, we're Thank going you. to yes, we're going to introduce our guest. Um, I know him very well. Never met him before. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, Adam Stallings, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Hi, Adam Stallings. This Hello. is very exciting because Adam would never go and be a guest on my old podcast, which oh. was True Crime. Well, it was probably terrible. It, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm as into the murder. Kidding. It was actually quite I'm popular. Just Thank it was, you. It was pretty good. Yeah. No, I don't do murder. You didn't listen to it, did you? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't do true. Adam I don't didn't do true either, so podcasts. it's fine. I did not. I don't yeah. do true. I get it. Um, yeah, Adam. How did we meet? Why do well? Obviously, we know each other because you're my husband. That's correct. But how did we initially meet? Uh, we did a show together called Bat Boy. You were in the cast and I was in the crew. 
Yes. And was love at first sight. Ah. Uh, were you guano? Who's guano? <laughs> Is that part of the Bat Boy universe? No, that's Bat Poop. Guano. Oh, no, I was not guano. <laughs> God. Was that a character? No. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's why I didn't know who you were talking about. <laughs> I was like, I think my name was Kim. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't think it was Guano. Kim Guano. Kim Guano. Guano. So how many, oh, have you checked? How many of the AFI movies have you seen? Uh, majority. You have? I think. Have you seen as many as I have? I've watched all of them. Oh, with you, all the far. new ones. Yeah, everything we've watched so far, he's watched. And almost everything that, yeah, you would be probably around me, close to 70. Hmm. Pretty impressive. I just hit 50. You did just hit 50. It was very exciting because he started. I know. Well, he didn't realize it till later and then told us. Adam, what uh, genre of movies do you typically enjoy? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rephrase Uh, the question. I I think I enjoy all. There's no genre that's like your favorite? I think she's trying no, to I don't tell you is. what your favorite is. I, I he can't. really likes I, anything. I can probably find a favorite in each genre, but I don't know. Do you have a favorite overall? Like a mo- well, I know the movie that you would never pass up. Right. Goonies. Right. If it was on, there's no way he hey, would. Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not. Was that nominated? It was. Do the truffle yeah, it was shuffle. nominated. It is nominated. I mean, what an iconic part of. Our childhood. I mean, seriously, it really, really is. That That and Stand By Me were on like repeat. Stand By Me, that was, yeah. We're going to do a little breakdown of the movie. Now, I know, Adam, that you love this movie and you love this book. I do. It is one of those that really stuck with me. It was a required reading in school. And then uh, I really just fell in love with the book. Atticus was my favorite character. You know, it was just a a really good story. And the, the movie, I thought, did a really good job of being true to that story. So That is what I've heard. I've never read this book. What? I know. I started, it wasn't required reading? It wasn't in whatever class I was. <laughs> did you take English? Y'all were, yes, of course oh, okay. I took English. Well, I mean. Y'all were probably in higher <laughs> classes than I was. Okay, let's all calm down. <laughs> I just saw the play. Yes. And I forgot about the character Dietz, Leeds, Dietz, Meets. I don't Lens, think. Lens, Men's. I don't, I don't know that <laughs> any of these. He's like um, uh, Tom Robinson's boss. Okay. Who pretended he was an alcoholic, but really he drank Coke. Oh, why did he pretend he was an alcoholic, but really drank uh, So that people would kind of leave him alone? Because his uh, that is daughter brilliant. <laughs> died, I believe, at the hands... Because uh, his daughter was mixed race, and they okay. wouldn't allow her in the hospital where they were. And so it took on the drive to a hospital that would, she passed away. Oh. And so it kind of shaped him into kind of not liking people and that kind of stuff. Okay. And he was Tom's boss. Correct. Okay. Oh. And in the book, didn't he share his Coca Cola with the kids? Y- yeah, and and that happened in the in the play as well. Oh. So that was a that was an added part that I actually really enjoyed because I don't even think he took the stand in the movie. No. Mm-mm. 
Yeah. I didn't hear anything about... And I'm kind of surprised that they cut that part out because I really enjoyed that part of the play watching it. Was he on Tom Robinson's side? Did he back him up? Okay. Okay, so instead of doing like the... You know, in the courtroom when he tosses the thing at... Right. At Tom and he catches it. Right. um, Instead... He just explains that he had an accident when he was young. God, gotcha. and they lost all. What do you call it? Like all m- motor function, use yeah. of his hand. Use. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> it's a tough word for me. Yeah, use. no, use. that is that's a hard word for a lot of people. <laughs> usage, Conrad. the usage of the hand. All right. Well, in the movie, we start with Scout and Jem meeting Dill, Pickle, Pickle. Who is based on Truman Capote, right, who is right. Harper Lee's like summer friend, and they stayed friends for the rest of their lives. So, one thing that kids love to do is kind of explore their neighborhood, right? And in this movie, and in the book, and in the play, I assume, there's Boo Radley's house, which is kind of like the neighborhood home that you ignore or not ignore what am i saying it's the neighborhood home that there's gossip about and it's one that the parents definitely want you to avoid but as children it's very difficult to resist there's adult gossip but the kids pick up on the energy and they're like totally frightened of it yes so a question for you guys growing up did you have that house in the neighborhood that you avoided or that place that you avoided that everyone talked about. You avoided my mom's Conrad. I let the record show. I said nothing. I hate you so much. <laughs> Adam, did you ever have that house or place that you avoided that was talked about that was like haunted or taboo? Mm, it wasn't rumored to be haunted, but it was definitely run down and it was overgrown grass and Mm -hmm. looked like people hadn't lived there in a long time but you knew someone lived there someone was there so so creepy it was always one of those let's just get by this house really quick yeah (laughs) (laughs) where you kind of run by the house conrad i i I did not but my my father did um maria maria colon Maria Colon. What's her name? Who is Maria Colon? Uh, one of his neighbors. And apparently it was like, you know, overgrown, just like, you know, you can't see anything. He said, when you walked by it, there was no light. <laughs> there was no light? Like a perpetual like- cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I can so see your dad uh, yeah. saying And that. his cousin was like climbing a tree to look into, <gasps> kind of look into the yard and she came out with a... A broom and was like, you get oh. out of here. And he fell and broke his arm. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Did she help him? I or was she it. like, serves you right, Bye. buddy? <laughs> Sorry. But she liked my grandma. And he said that she would bring well, my grandma like jewelry grandma. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. that's weird. So, Like jewelry you she never made? Know. I mean, yeah, like bones and teeth probably. Oh, I'm just God. kidding. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Now, in real life, Scout and Jem did not like each other at all. But they were kids. So, you know, it's hot or cold with children. Right. Um, Speaking of, sorry, the girl who played Scout in the movie played Mrs. DuBose in the play. What? 
<laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? In the one you saw? Yeah. Shut your damn face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Mary Badham. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. Yeah. Was she good? Yeah. I mean, she only had a couple a, lines. Yeah, it's like a cameo kind of thing. Yeah. Who is the part? De- Miss DeBose with the, uh, not Azalea's, but the ca- oh, cam- that they lilies. talk to. And, and she's mean. She's rude. She's, she's really like, you're rude. an ugly girl. And Atticus, <laughs> de- you know, diffuses the situation. Right. Yes. Right. What was the thing that one of the kids said that was so funny when she, he was like, you look a picture or whatever. And they were like, he didn't say what. Yeah, picture of what? Scout calls her dad Atticus. Both kids do. Yeah, both both kids, do. kids do. Why do they do that? Well, in Scout's case, it's because her older brother, her older brother did. Called, calls him Atticus. But why did Jem call him Atticus? Do we ever know why? It's definitely not explained in the in the movie. No. It's not. And it's not even in the book? No, it's or not. Or the play? It's just no. kind of a, that's just the way a it given. always was. Interesting. Did you guys, do y'all ever call your parents by their real names? <laughs> no. When Atticus, you know, at the beginning, like we first see him, he's walking down the street and apparently Harper Lee was on set that day and she immediately started crying because he reminded her so much of his of her father, who Atticus, of course, was was based based on, which is lovely. And at the end of the film, once it had wrapped, she gave Atticus or she gave Gregory Peck her father's pocket watch which was really nice. I just think that's beautiful. Now, the judge speaks to Atticus about taking on Tom Robinson. And you can see Atticus's hesitation in this. And this whole thing takes place back in when? 1932? Is it 1930s? There was a 1932 in one of the movies we saw. We'll go with that. Nineteen thirty-three through thirty-five. Okay, so deep south in the early nineteen thirties, where people of color were We're treated like second-class citizens. Yes, thank you. Say citizens. I did say citizens. Okay, (laughs) from the city. This tequila mockingbird is hitting me. So, Atticus is very hesitant to take on this case. Which I understand, just the worry that would come with it. Well, but and you could tell that the judge knew this coming to him. Yes, he was very reluctant. Very yes, almost apologetic that he was asking for it. Yeah, and I love what Atticus said later about why he had to take the case that he would not be able to hold his head up if he didn't. Um, he was always on the right side of history in this in this movie. Atticus leaves the courthouse at one point and runs into Yule in, you know, on the stairs. And Yule was very trying to be extremely intimidating. And he's like the, the meanest looking man he, they could have possibly found. He really is. So the kids go looking to see Boo Radley. They are out to find him and to see him. We did not ever see him through majority of this movie. We would just see a shadow of him. Or a hand. Or a hand. We did see a hand. You're right. Did you guys ever have growing up? I, I One thing I love about this movie is how um, 
because it's all from Scout's perspective, which apparently in the play it is not. It's from all the kids' perspectives. Yeah, it's narrated by all three kids, including Dill. Okay. Oh, that would be really cute to see. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so I, I think what I really love about it, though, is showing the innocence like that they see everything, you know, um, like even the scary things, you know, it's a shadow. It's a um, even when they're attacked, it's just like kind of hands everywhere. Right. There's just kind of this uh, nice blanket of innocence that's over the whole thing when they're ta- until honestly, they're faced with what Tom Robinson is going through then we kind of see their innocence crumble a little bit, which I love. Uh, well, I don't love their innocence crumbling, but wow. I think that they did a great job oh, with that. I love it when kids' Man. hopes and dreams are ruined. So we see Scout wearing a dress and going off to her first day of school, and immediately she gets in a fight on the playground with... Cunningham. 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 Oh, yes. What was his first name? Mr. Mr. <laughs> no, the kid. Oh. <laughs> Wyatt? Is that right? I can guarantee you she doesn't know. <laughs> I have no idea. You just saw the play. Who was it? They didn't say. They didn't have that, that fight or any, any... Oh, really? They didn't have any of her at the school fighting or arguing or anything. Oh. There, were, there were some things about... Like, the play was good, but there were some things that I thought were, like, weirdly missing. Did hmm. they have the, the jail scene? Tell me yes. They have the jail. Yes. Oh. Yeah. 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 And okay. that was very good. Like that was okay. almost exactly like the movie was. Um, oh God! It was. It was really scene. good. But you know they they did miss because, um, and maybe we'll we'll get to that in a second. But when they first bring up um, the whole concept of To Kill a Mockingbird and the sin that it is yes. To Kill a Mockingbird, they don't have that scene. He doesn't say it until the closing arguments of his oh. of the trial towards the end, hmm. which I kind of also thought was like, hmm, that seems like it's like because that was that conversation seemed like the setup. It was for really the rest great. of kind of what the story was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was missing that in the in the play. Now Aaron the p- Sorkin did rewrites for it. Yeah. yeah. Now did they have like the trial was throughout the whole thing? Yeah. So it kept cutting. It opened in the trial, and then they do the flashback into the beginning, and then trial, and then flashback, and then... Because I remember in the movie thinking that the trial came much sooner. Like, there was a lot of the movie left still after the trial. And I always thought the trial, like, the big speech at the end of the trial, you know, his closing argument, was like the big scene, which it is, but it comes, like, very quickly in the movie, or not quickly, but it wasn't at the end. I mean, I guess it was kind of like right in the middle. It was. It was, yeah. Right about the middle. Yeah, okay. There was a lot. So was it like that in the play? No, because because of the cut, the, yeah. the speech was towards the end. Okay. And yeah. then you get the, you know, then you cut immediately into the, the attack and the that last scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Atticus in this uh, talks about how it is a sin to kill a mockingbird because they only make music and they don't disturb others. Now, we see Mr. Yule come to the Robinsons' house, which is so uncomfortable. And the kids are in the car, and he... Jim is, right? Like, no. Well, Scout was asleep. Oh. oh and Jim saw him, and he was 
you know, deliberately intimidating there, obviously. Atticus said that uh, not to worry about him, that he's all bluff. It's around here where we start seeing little gifts being left in the knot hole of a tree, right? By Boo, uh, we think, we assume it's by Boo, left for the kids. Now, people, this is when people are really against, we start seeing that they are against Atticus defending Robinson. They already have so many prejudices against Tom Robinson. They assume he did it. And this is when Atticus talks about how there's no way he couldn't defend Tom Robinson. Uh, He wouldn't be able to hold his head up. So when Atticus is at the courthouse, he, he stays outside the courthouse because there is a threat on Tom Robinson. Well, they had brought him to the county courthouse yes, like a day early. To stay there, yeah, while trial <clears throat> is being prepared. Right. And word got out that there was going to basically be a mob that we assume is going to lynch, right? And so Atticus goes, I love that he brought his lamp and a book, and goes and sits outside the county courthouse or the county jail to basically, you know, stand guard over Tom. And that's when we see, which this scene was kind of chilling when you saw all the cars coming up. That Mm -hmm. made me very uncomfortable. Any kind of... um, Like mob? Mob, especially like a white supremacy KKK moment. Yes. Really is very unsettling. It is unsettling. I mean, and obviously, rightfully so, but... There is just something about that kind of mob specifically yes. that is very unsettling to well, me. Well, because I feel like they get that. I mean, mob mentality is a real thing. Oh, sure, of course. And I feel like they, I mean, there's no reasoning. There's no talking. You know, you can't talk it out with them. It's, it's not going to happen. It's just a matter of getting together to perform violence. <laughs> yes, that's all it is. So the only thing you can do is just be prepared for that. And Atticus was there by himself. Well, luckily the kids had followed him to the courthouse. They didn't want to leave him. And this was when Scout was kind of a badass um, unintentionally. She was just being a kid and called out Mr. Cunningham, one of the people who, you know, it was his son who she defended on the playground or really no, she beat him up on the playground, but because he got mad at her. And then she invited him to and their then, house and had, he had right. dinner yes, with them. Yes. And uh, Mr. Cunningham, you know, Atticus had helped him out before. And so these were people that they all knew. This is a small town. And Scout calls out Mr. Cunningham. Basically, you know, don't you remember me? I'm the one who... You know, and when you have that innocence of children just staring you in the face, I think it's very difficult to, like, that's one thing that I think could break up a mob. Just yeah, a it was very bit. diffusing. Yeah. For sure. And they were, like, there was some embarrassment. It's definitely, a, a, like, it, a key scene it for was me. Because, yeah. you know, it was aggression confronted with innocence. Yeah. And it was totally disarming. It was just, they couldn't help but melt <laughs> You yeah, know, all of their you know anger and you know hatred, it just kind of went away when the the child started. Speaking it's almost to them. like everyone became human again. Right. Yeah. It was almost you like know? an antidote to their to their rage. Yes, and even after they all left, Atticus stayed with Tom Robinson, and that made me really sad when you could hear Tom's voice come out all quiet. You know, are they are they gone? Are they still here? 
that was a little heartbreaking. So then we get to the courthouse, which again is like not all that far from uh, the beginning. It's a lot sooner than I thought it would be. All the people of color are upstairs. All the white people are downstairs in the courthouse. And the kids, the reverend uh, upstairs, lets the kids come in and sit with him. So we start having the testimonies. And this whole trial is set up because Mary, what's her name, Mary Yule? Um uh, uh, Marianne? Um Mayella? Mayella. Mayella. Oh my god, she's so annoying. Mayella Yule was I got something to say. Oh. <laughs> I got something to say. Do you have the entire violated me? <laughs> so she accused Tom Robinson of attempted Ass- sexual assault. And then assault. Yes. And he would go and help her out. What would he do, Conrad? He would do different acts through, like, breaking up things, sometimes kindling, sometimes a shifferobe. Yes, a shifferobe. A shifferobe. Shifferobe. We're going to the New Orleans for the shifferobe. Shifferobe. But (laughs) in order to get to his house from work, he had to cross their house. Yes. And she would always be flirtatious with him and ask him to come and do chores for her. The sheriff says that Mayella was beaten on the right side of her face, which means that someone left-handed had to be beating her. Well, we find out that Tom Robinson had no use of his left hand. And you say in the play, we're told that by his boss. Yeah, that he got it caught in like a cotton gin, I believe. Yes. And then in the book, I'm assuming the boss talk because he's a character in the book in the play they made it references several times that it was marks all around the neck all around the neck yes all around the neck on both sides of the neck Mm -hmm. yes left and right side of the neck oh yeah okay made it very clear very clear that two hands were even more so it was even more so a driven home of like okay this guy didn't do it yes you know what i mean yeah, he so obviously didn't do it. So Atticus is able to prove that he cannot use his left hand, that he is injured, because in the movie, we don't see the boss at all. But prior to that, yes, he had proven that uh, Mayella's father yes. was left-handed. Yes. By, by writing his name. Uh-huh. Are you literate, Mr. Ewell? Can you mm-hmm. read him right? So I don't know what you're doing trying to mess with me. Trick me up. Is that Yule? Yeah, it's all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the sheriff. It's an amalgam. It's, it's an amalgam of everyone. <laughs> okay, okay. Mayala then takes the stand, and she is Ooh. she Fire, feisty. Cracker. She feisty. Now, before she took the stand, she was presented with the Bible. <gasps> yes. To swear the, the oath. And she did not put her hand on the Bible. She hovered it. Did above. you notice that? Yes. Did they do that in the play? Like make a point of uh, it? No. I think that's brilliant. I love that. I didn't notice it when we were watching it. I didn't pay attention to that, obviously. Well, Mayella has a meltdown on the stand because they're basically 
I mean, she's lying. They know she's lying. Atticus like knows. Everyone knows she's everyone lying. Everyone knows and, she's and lying. And she knows everyone knows. Yes. So they she don't has, know we know they know They we don't know. know we know they know we know. Oh, good friends reference. Um, but yes, she has her mouth. What does she say, Conrad? Um, I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Now, we obviously think, we know that it was her father who has been doing this. Yes. I mean, the, the evidence is very clearly made and you know inference leads us to believe that uh in the book there were a few other things that you know you you think about um what's his name again yule yule yeah yeah you you um you realize that yule is most likely sexually abusing his yeah daughter mayella and she probably had some kids. Do we? Because we never see these other children, but supposedly there are a lot of kids at the Cunningham, right. or no, at the Yule house. So the in the book, uh, it was made very clear that the Yules never sent their kids to school, ever. Uh, that they lived at the dump. That mm-hmm. uh, it was always like he, seven kids, seven yeah, or eight kids, well, something like and, that, right? And so they they mentioned in the book it was clear because they had said something about how long. The Yule mother, the, the wife, had passed. Had passed. Oh, okay. But then they also said that every few years a new face, a dirty face, would show up in the window. Now, why do you think that Yule would want to bring attention to himself in any way? Like, if he's abusing his daughter and possibly sexually abusing her, why would he want to bring attention? Because oh, so nobody would not believe him. First, firstly, I think he was jealous, you know. He, oh, because he saw Tom Robinson yeah, saw, in the house. And he saw Mayella pining over him trying and, to, and right. trying to get, off, get all on yeah, him. That's so gross. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't, uh, I can't. And so he, he got angry and attacked her. But, you know, you have to wonder, since they were not really big in the town, you know, that she was not frequenting, you know, stores and things like that. Right. So why would they even call the sheriff at all, right? Why right. Would, why wouldn't they just keep it quiet and wait for her to heal? Right. But the only thing is that Yule has nothing. Like, he is the lowest of the low in, in society. Make him, in make mm-hmm. society. Um, I mean, just trash. Yeah, literally lives at the at the dump. Um, so his only value in society was his skin, the color of his skin. Right. And he was white, so the only way that he could really uh, make any sort of impact in the, you know, in the in the town or was, lift himself yeah, up or in lift the himself up community. or make yeah. it make himself more respected by the community was to essentially you know take Falsely tom robinson and, mm-hmm. and put him to death yeah because people in that town would be happy to jump on that bandwagon yeah he, he and they would he, thank him for getting a you know terrible criminal like tom robinson right, off the a street. predator yeah so 
it's you know a sad state of affairs for for him to do that of course um for his own personal gain but i think that ultimately the the underpinnings is his jealousy his possess- his so? possessiveness of miela so hmm. i think that he uh essentially wanted to dissuade her from ever right. doing that again with anyone else. Right. And almost punish her for doing it by saying like, look what I can take away from you. Yep. That is definitely, if he uses that intimidation on Atticus and others and even the kids, then you know he uses that intimidation on his daughter and other children. And in the in the book, they made it seem much more like he was physical with his daughter. Uh, they they mentioned that uh, in the court scene, Tom Robinson said that when Mayella was approaching him, that she said that she had never been with another man uh, except what her daddy does to her. But that doesn't That's count. That's right. right. I remember you telling me about that. But that doesn't count. You know where she got that from. Right. Oh, my God. That just makes me so sick. Well, and I remember, so Tom Robinson then takes a stand after her. And one thing he said was that, you know, she always looked sad and he felt sorry for her. And that's when the prosecutor, remember, he kept saying, like, you felt sorry for her. Mm, that was a really tough scene to watch. Oh, that was a really difficult scene. Now, during it, the actor who played Tom Robinson, he started crying, and Gregory Peck did not expect that and could not look him in the eye because he was going to start crying. Uh, at Gregory Peck's funeral, the actor who played Tom Robinson actually delivered the eulogy oh, wow. at the funeral, which was, I mean, my God, that's just so beautiful. So... I mean, we can all agree the prosecutor was a total asshole. I mean, they oh, yeah. this was a slam dunk case for them. We knew that. It, it's so disappointing because in movies, I think you almost expect that happy ending. Like you expect justice to prevail, and right. especially back, you know, when this was made in 1962. You definitely expected justice to prevail. But this movie did not go that direction it, it was obviously representative of the time because that's yes. exactly how it would have played out there was definitely people how it did play out when yeah. we saw the show had clearly never <laughs> seen or read their movie. oh my god oh i love <laughs> i love that i think that's fabulous <laughs> and anytime somebody would say something insightful you'd hear mm. Mm. <laughs> or like something mean they're like mm. Mm. I mean like the whole crowd with the same I kind of murmurations it's hilarious Atticus gives his closing statement which is incredible it's about six minutes and 30 seconds long he did it in one take hmm. because Gregory Peck was a boss after two hours of deliberating the jury came back with a guilty plea Jem's reaction was heartbreaking because you could see on his face that he knew that this was wrong and there was absolutely nothing that could be done about it. So I felt like that was a moment where innocence was shattered. Yeah, he he was 100% sure that Atticus had yeah. won that because it was an obvious case. It, it was, was an obvious yeah. open and closed case. But... You know, he realized that justice 
doesn't work, that it's broken. And it, yeah. it's really How hard to see him get dis- disillusioned that way. But yeah. Yeah, I think that is really heartbreaking. And so when Atticus is walking out, everyone, you know, all the people of color rise. And the Reverend even tells Scout, you need to rise. Your father's walking by. Yeah, everyone in the uh, bottom floor had already They had left. all cleared out. Uh, yeah. Atticus was the only one left down there. And as he was leaving, everyone up in the, uh, the loft uh, stood up and gave him some reverence, and it was a very touching moment. It was really touching. And the fact that... Now, did they have that in the play where they had... Mm. You could see... They had, like, the quote-unquote balcony was like... They were the, like, three characters off to the side. Oh, gotcha. Like Cal, and then two other. Yeah. That, I feel, is one of the most incredible moments and shots in the movie because it's taken from above. And what I love is that Atticus is packing up his stuff. You can tell that he is just heartbroken as well, but not surprised at all. And it's not at all about recognition for him in any way from any community. He doesn't look up at them when he's walking past. He was there. He did his job. He did it as best he could. And justice did not prevail, Uh, which just kind of goes, um, you know, shows his character. So then we get word that Tom Robinson has died in route to the place where he would be serving his time. They said that he ran out of the car trying to escape, basically. And they had to shoot him. I smell foul play. I yes, mean. Yes, as he was chained. and Yes, exactly. Yeah. And he was not, you could just tell by his family, by seeing his character, he was not that person that would have right. tried to escape. Right. So obviously we don't think that he... It's It's a big question mark because... Atticus takes the sheriff at his word. Right. You know, that that was how things transpired. And he was so upset because he thought that they would have a good appeal. Yeah. But for the viewers of the movie, it's it's hard not to think that it was staged. Yeah. And the sheriff, he was, because he wasn't with him, with Tom. Correct. When he was killed. And you could tell the sheriff doubted it as well. Yeah. He was you not know, happy delivering that. He was not sure. happy at all. Uh, so I think it's very clear. So Atticus has to tell Tom's family that he's dead. And Jem insists on going with him, which I think is so very uh, touching and shows that Jem has definitely inherited that compassion that his dad to do what's right to do what's right and so he goes with his dad to tell tell them about tell Tom's family what happened and the mother of course collapses you know and they take her inside and everything and then of course that motherfucker Yule comes back you know just to uh Stir you know he feels shit. like you know Atticus definitely made a fool of him on the stand you know, was trying to 
trap his daughter into, you know, I mean, was making her look a fool as well because it was obvious that she was lying. And so he comes back all sorts of drunk. Well, also kind of to gloat. And as well. to gloat, like, absolutely. And after all this, you know, lost. Yeah. You know. But let's keep in mind that this was also at the Robinson house. So he, he may not have even expected Atticus, Atticus to, be, to there. be there. But, uh, right. yeah. You know, he, he was going to his victim's yeah. house and family and rubbing it in. That he and would. says it doesn't isn't that when he says he's like go get him boy like starts yeah. calling like one of the the men there boy which was just oh my god he was so disgusting. the prosecutor was t- calling tom robinson boy i believe is that yes. what so. i'm thinking of no no it was both it was both okay yeah, yeah that was oh god that's just so disgusting so then yule sees atticus and is talking to him and spits in atticus's face oh. Did they do that in the play? No. Okay, thank No, that scene I didn't can't handle get shown. Ben. Really? Yeah. Did any of the Yule showing up at the Robinsons? No. None of that was shown. Yeah. It, it, like, the play was... It was not bad. And okay. it went quickly for being three hours. My God. Some of my issues, they inserted a lot of humor in, oh. into this, a lot of jokes. Hmm. Which I found strange. I find that strange. They weren't inappropriate by any means. They were legitimately funny jokes. Like, I chuckled a few times. Right. But then thinking, like, this isn't, like, the the vibe of the story. Right. Right. Huh. I don't know. It wasn't bad, though. Everyone in it was really great. I mean, from what I've heard people say, people are, like, obsessed with this play. Just that it's the most incredible thing they've ever seen. The girl who's played Scout... Had like a weird, I don't know what kind of accent she was doing. Oh, was, but it wasn't make him Alabama. No. It was Aww. like a, you show what do a go down there. No, it was, honey. It was strange. No. It was strange. I no. Don't, I don't know what she was trying to do. Was it Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so by October... We're now, I guess, in 1935. Yes. And by October of that year, things had settled down in the town a little bit. So we're thinking, okay, everything's fine. Well, Jem and Scout are walking home. Was Scout a potato? No, she was a ham. ham. A ham. It was some That's sort right. of it was a paper mache ham costume. Yeah. With just a, a little she slit, like a a little slit for ham. the eyes. She's like a spiral ham turned. Yes. That costume looked up. heavy, like super yeah, it was like heavy. That chicken wire and paper mache, yes, kind of. That yeah. was a legit costume, and no armholes. No armholes. Just walking home as a ham. Now, my first question was, why isn't Atticus at the show? They obviously were doing a show of some sort, right? Why are they walking home alone? Why didn't she take off her costume? Did we find that out? Um, Didn't she lose her dress or something? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So she had to walk home in this. Well, on the way home, they get attacked. And throughout it, you know, every once in a while, they would be like running away or like in the woods and they would hear the footsteps and they always assume it's Boo, Boo Radley. But in this situation, 
It was not Boo Radley. Who was it? Spoiler alert. <laughs> it was Yule. No. Yes, the whole... Well, I don't know about the whole time. But yes, Yule was there. The whole time. And Yule attacks the children. What the heck? Well, the child and the ham. The child and the ham. The ham he just like pushes... Uh, to, what is the ham going to do? Dr. Seuss's lost book. <laughs> the child and the ham. <laughs> <laughs> The sequel. <laughs> so Yule, you know, attacks the children. And then in jumps Boo to protect the kids. Because remember, this whole time he's been making little gifts for them. And that was an epic fight where it didn't show them fighting. No. But it only showed like... You saw like the hand the shaking the hands in front of the ham. The hands and shaking <gasps> it in front of the ham. Ah. Like, oh. Yes. He- you hear Jem like... Run, Scout! Run! And she's like sitting there. I'm rolling around <laughs> in a ham. Rolling around in her ham. <laughs> just looking out the little eye holes. Again, it's all seen from the children's perspective. Like that's all she could see in that just tiny little rectangle for eyes. And so Jim they, Jem gets really hurt. He has a broken arm. And he's passed out. He's passed out. They get him to the house. Um, the doctor's with him. Everything, like he's going to be okay. And the, how, did, how did he get to the house? Well, let me tell you how he got to the house. Well, Mr. Boo Radley, I believe, got him back to the yeah. house mm-hmm. because then Scout's like, you can thank him. Or as yours, you uh, can thank a ham. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yes. So and then the door like swings a little bit and Boo Radley is just standing behind the door. Robert Duvall. Which is really creepy. He was also Boo Radley in the play. Not the one you saw. Shut up, Conrad. <laughs> there was like, <laughs> we just looked at you like. I was thinking in my head like, is he talking is he about the original still alive? One? Yeah, he's alive. alive. Isn't yeah, he? Oh, yeah, God. He is. Okay. okay. Boo's like, she's like, you can thank him. And Atticus leaves Boo and Scout and Jim in the room by themselves, which I thought that was a little creepy because the guy was just like lurking behind the door. But then Scout did tells, just save his children's I lives. mean, I get that, <laughs> but at the same time, like, no. Bob, you. But Scout, what weirded me out was then Scout was like, you can pet him. Oh, yeah. About while he was petting Jim. Yes. No, that's, that's not what we do. Anyway. Finally, the right thing is done because the sheriff is talking with Atticus and he's like, we're not going to, you know, you don't think that Boo is the one who who killed Yule, you know, just kind of gives him that look of we're not going to be prosecuting Yule for this. We're not going to put him fell on his knife. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did. Sheriff Tate says, let the dead bury the dead. Right. And they're just going, they're not going to put Boo in that spotlight, especially after how, you know, Tom Robinson should never have been in that position. They were not about to do that to Boo. Uh, And so at the end, you have Scout come out with Boo Radley and... She's talking to Atticus and she points out, do they have this in the play 
where she points out it would be sort of like shooting a mockingbird if they were to put Boo Radley in the spotlight. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was a long, it was three hours into oh, that play. Okay. So I don't necessarily remember that line. The final line. The final line. Okay. I don't think it was. It might have been. so sad if it wasn't. It had to have been. Yeah, it, it was there. How oh, it was there. drop that? Robert Duvall for sure said it. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Boo Radley speaks. Amazing. All right. So yeah, it would be sort of like shooting a mockingbird, which that's Killing. just a fantastic final line for this. Because even with it being self-defense, he would become the hero of the town and everyone would want to come. And yeah. Be, but right. he's such a loner that... There, it would be just it, unwanted it, attention. Not just unwanted, but it would, I mean, just kind of destroy him. Yep. Because uh, he is definitely a recluse. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with some questions about favorites. <laughs> Adam, when did you first see this movie? And what was your first impression of it? I saw it... I think I saw it after I read it. Okay. Like shortly after? Like you saw it because you read it? Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it it was a long time ago. And so you were happy with how they adapted it from the book? Yes. Was there anything that you really missed from the book that you wish they had added or were you satisfied with how it was played out? I was I was pretty satisfied. Yeah. Do you think that it belongs on a top 100 list? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how anyone would take it off. Uh, there's some people in Florida who might want to take it off. Well, no, that's very <laughs> true. I mean, it's number 25 and I could actually... 25. Yeah, I could actually see it being a little bit higher. Yep, for me too. Right? Mm. Just a it's Are just you a good little with high. For me. Really? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, I only because okay. <clears throat> so you know we've been ranking the movies as as we go along. As we go. Yes. One of my personal criteria yes. for my order of movies, one of many. Yes. Is what I continue would I like to watch this movie again? And then again and again. This is okay. not necessarily a movie I would want to watch like, oh, I'm really feeling like seeing To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. You know what I mean? But it's something that I think is important for people to see. Right. I think it's a, a literary classic. And I think the movie does the book justice. And so in that regard, yes. You know, I think right. this is a piece of classic um, Americana film. So you would definitely recommend it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. To me, I just like, I just don't know if like, I would want to keep watching this movie again. Like, uh, But don't you think there are some movies that it's like, oh my God, I can't see that movie again. It was so incredible, but I cannot watch that movie again. Like, I know a lot of people feel that way about, oh, let's say Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List, like things like that. Mm. I don't want to watch it all the time. It's but too, that was a brilliant movie. I would put that very right. high on that my makes list. Sense. So yeah, I think this one should Fair. be a little bit higher. Um, so I know it won't be number one on your list when we do our top 25 wrap No, no, it's not number one, but it's definitely not my last. <laughs> <laughs> that is reserved for a little movie called City Lights. 
You never know. What was your favorite part? My favorite part is uh, the courtroom scene when he's leaving and everyone wants yes. to show him the respect. It's just beautiful. Uh, it just, you know, you can feel the connection with their community and the appreciation. Yeah. That, uh, you know, Tom is getting at least a, f- a fair shot at, yeah. ju- you know, at justice. Yeah. Conrad, what about you? Uh, I really like the, the mob scene. It just was so such tense. such a good scene. And it was such like a, it was like kind of frantic, you know? And yeah. then all of a sudden it was just that like pop of a bubble. Yeah. I don't know. That's the one that like really sticks out in my mind. I, one of the ones that uh, really sticks out is Tom Robinson's testimony. Mm-hmm. That was very mm-hmm. moving and difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. That made me feel really sad. Who was your favorite character? Mrs. DeBose. <laughs> you are Mr. Bose. What about you, Adam? <laughs> that is not your favorite. What is my wait, I have her <laughs> I will say my favorite is Dill. Uh, Dill cracks me. I mean obviously Atticus. Okay, you're, is, you're uh, a Scout and I'm Mrs. DeBose and you say hi. Hi. Don't say hi to me, you ugly girl. <laughs> 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 She was such so mean. a horrible, horrible woman. I want to be like that. I think you are like that. <laughs> I think you're good. Thank you. Thank yes. you. But imagine in 40 years. Oh, my God. Yes. You are going to be so cranky and Get sassy. My you're totally going to be that. So, Mr. Bose. Okay. Mine, I mean, aside from Atticus, which I think. No. My favorite character or the yeah. one I relate to? <laughs> Your favorite. Oh, got it. Scout. Okay. Yeah. Adam. Atticus. Atticus. I mean, I'd say Dill. Dill cracked me Dill up. Dill was hilarious. He was so adorable. Yeah, it was <laughs> so funny. Uh, they had just gotten through that, you know, difficult night of uh, Jim losing his pants and getting shot at <laughs> and all of that stuff. And then yes. they, they finally get to a safe space and he's like, oh, all right, I'll see you guys next summer. <laughs> yes. runs I actually wrote that down. So that, long. See you next summer. That was incredible. <laughs> He was hysterical. What did you like least about the film? I guess I, I wish that Atticus had made a comment about not believing the, the events of Robinson's death. Uh, you know, I don't. I kind of wish that he didn't just take it at face value and right believe that. Do you think he really did take it at face value? Well, when he said we had such a good chance for appeal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I I don't think audiences, I, when the book was written and when the movie was, I feel like maybe people just kind of they took that at took face value. That, at face that value. yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think now there's just so much more exposed that we're just like, nope, no mm. way that happened. Mm. Conrad, um, what did you think? <laughs> what was your least favorite part, Conrad? So I think. Um, I would have liked to have seen um, more perspective from the Robinson family. The wife didn't even have a line yeah. when, he was, when she was told. Was that his wife or his mother? That was his wife. Oh, was who his, his wife. You no, know, you're right. Um, and, you know, while this is told through the eyes of a young child, and that is right. the perspective of this movie, um, you know, it falls into a, a category of, of like a, a white savior 
trope that has happened yeah throughout filmography the help being one of them of telling people yes. telling uh black stories through the lens of a white eye yeah or having the white person be kind of the one to fix everything right now time and place here is very different having a black attorney in Macomb, Alabama is probably not, not a thing, right. nor is there maybe for a hundred miles or so. Right. So, you know, I understand that um, circumstance. I just wish I, I could have heard more perspective, maybe, maybe more from Cal or more from yeah. the Robinson family or more, you know, in the play, they actually did a meetup of Atticus. Wow. Of <laughs> Atticus and Tom in like a holding cell oh, before they when they first meet. And kind of talking through that and like what Tom was kind of thinking at that point. Oh, I hmm. like that. And so like little things like that, I think, could have helped um, yeah. kind of balance out maybe some of the narrative. But when you're talking about a, a first, uh, a story told in first person from the book, from the, you know, it's hard to yeah. deviate from the scenes that don't directly involve the the child, the character, yeah. Well, and considering the story. that the movie followed the book so closely, right? Yeah, and, and you'll I, see in in the movie as well that every single scene has the kids in it, yeah, because it's from right. her perspective. It's exactly right. what they're seeing. I think that's the only. Um, I absolutely get what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's the only. Um, and I think forgiving point of this is that it is completely right. seen from his. Right. Daughter's and perspective. I wish they had the boss's testimony and that scene with the yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm surprised. And, and okay, I, I'll tell you another scene that I think is weird that made sense in the book, but they didn't really explain it in the movie very well, was the dog, the stray dog and the killing of the dog right. and the, oh, the symbolism of right. the dog and whatnot. Um, it's more clearly kind of encapsulated in the book yeah whereas it was almost a random event in the movie that didn't necessarily definitely was storylines um so maybe like remove that scene and plop in plop in well because i did notice in the courthouse there was no one there on tom's side that testified who was going to testify? Character witness? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying is that his boss. Oh, oh, I see you know, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in yeah, the movie, absolutely. there was nobody. I, that's why I'm surprised by like. That they would cut that. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot about it totally until I saw the play. And I saw it with Ava, uh, my niece. And I was like, oh, did they make up that scene? Like that wasn't right. in the movie. She was like, oh, no, that's in it. That's in the book. She's read the book? She's read the book. Oh, yeah. good, Ava. That's lovely. Could this movie be made today? Yes. Do you think it would need to be set like in a more modern time? No. We we could easily do it straight from 1933, 35. I mean, we uh, we could do a, a prism in current, you know, with current social, you know, justice and, and things like that. But this particular story needs yeah. to be in that time period. I agree. And in that place, or at least deep south, it needs to it needs to exist there. I completely agree. Should the movie be made? That, that's what I was just about to say. I don't think it should be made. No, okay. I agree. Yeah. It, Why uh, unless you're gonna improve to upon it, which how are you how gonna do that? How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, there's some movies that just leave them alone. 
Uh, did anything that happened in this movie remind you of your own life? I was attacked once in a ham costume. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's pretty traumatic. Do you want to talk about that? Actually, I just slipped and a ham fell on me. <laughs> love that if it was remade today let's see if you guys still I know mine. okay who would you cast as Atticus Finch I mean you just saw Richard Thomas as Atticus and I hear well, he, he was, was actually pretty he was actually pretty good yeah he was pretty good like people have said that he's better than Jeff Daniels was I never saw Jeff Daniels so I don't know I mean I would automatically probably cast Jeff Daniels like why I mean he's incredible a pretty good one it's a really good one i think he's a little too old now he just did it on broadway (laughs) so okay i mean the character of atticus is what in his 40s everyone back then looked so gregory peck i swear was in his like late 50s i mean because he's an attorney with a 10 year old and a 13 year old no but they did mention that back in the older father back in the 30s he was an older father so i think they're 10 years old now so if he had them you know when he was in his early to mid 40s then he would be mid to late 50s now that's where i thought i mean that's where gregory peck looked but everyone back then looked older yeah i would say late 40s who would you cast as atticus do you think um, it it would be hard to do right now, but if we could rewind the years a, a little bit, Brian Cranston. Oh my God, of course, because he's amazing in everything. I could totally see that. Who would you cast? Well, now I feel like mine is too young. What is it, Timothy Chalamet? Because that's <laughs> where you usually like to go. <laughs> because I cast him in like every fourth movie, maybe fifth movie. Um, Adam Driver. He would be incredible at some point. I think he is too young. He's a little too young, though. Yeah. He would be great at some point, though. I just, he can't do anything wrong for me. He can't do anything wrong. He's incredible. He's one of my favorites ever. Tom Robinson. I was going to say Mahershala Ali, but he's too old. He's too old. Oh, what about Donald Glover? I think would be interesting to see Tom Robinson... Uh, smaller and less less intimidating <laughs> to where it's like, how could you even think that this would be the guy to do it? I think that would be really interesting. So that's who I would cast, Donald Glover. I would go with, again, if I could rewind time a little bit, Anthony uh-huh. Mackie. Hmm. Oh, I don't think you'd have to rewind time with that one. I like Anthony Mackie. He's a good one. Do you have anyone, Conrad? Do you yeah, want to yeah, skip yeah. that one? Jay Ellis. Who is he was Jay? From is he Insecure. from Euphoria? Oh, okay. Wow. Well, you. T- I can count on you for Timothy Chalamet, Michelle Williams, or anyone from Euphoria. They can do anything. I'm surprised okay, you didn't you cast Idris Elba. Oh, he's too old. Yeah, he's too old. He and is too uh, old. Anyway, you cast him in anything. I would. And Jay Ellis. One. He would be Mayella. Played Issa Rae's love interest in Insecure. Okay, 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 okay. Lawrence. Uh, Ewell. Ugh. I know, I hate him so much. I put down Sam Rockwell. Oh, that's a good one. Because I don't think he can do any wrong. Like a uh, Steve Buscemi or like a... Ugh, yes. Like a, what's his name with three words? Yes. Three names. Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Oh, but he's way too old. Way too old. Tim Rice. 
Tim Rice, like the lyricist like with Tim- Andrew Lloyd Webber? <laughs> no, isn't that his name? Um, he was the he was in the Hulk. He was the bad guy in the Hulk. Oh, oh, Tim Roth. Tim Tim Roth. Roth. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, actually. That is a really good one. Nice. Okay, um, I didn't put any of the kids down. Just I don't I don't know children actors right now child actors however i did put down mayella do you guys have anyone for mayella uh julia garner obviously that's a good one that is a great one i love her she's incredible, incredible. that's an that is a perfect one i'm changing Who is to that? that uh ozark ruth <clears throat> oh she i don't know shit about fuck oh my god <laughs> she's perfect Absolutely i'm not perfect. even touching that no. that's untouchable that is perfect casting you're welcome um okay mary shag kill tom atticus boo oh well i mean there aren't that many people to choose from uh i'm gonna marry atticus yes definitely (laughs) who are you gonna i guess i'm gonna shag tom yeah i mean Okay, so you're going to shag Tom, and you're going to kill Boo. You're going to shoot the Mockingbird, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Is it the same for you? No. You're going to do Boo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Who are you? you going to do the Boo. Who are you going to marry? You're going to kill I'm marrying Atticus, Tom Robinson, you? yeah. You're going to kill Atticus. Because well, I don't like him, but like... Oh, I thought you said because I don't, I don't no, like him. No, not because I don't like him. I just, uh, I don't know. He has two kids. So kill him? Yeah. <laughs> well, but Tom Orphan Robinson the has children's? kids. Doesn't he have kids, Tom Robinson? I don't, I don't think Tom Robinson had oh, kids. Oh, then for sure marrying Tom Robinson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and you're going to shag boo. <laughs> yeah, man. And then you're going to orphan That's Scout some wild Jim. ghost sex right there. <laughs> <laughs> probably be real quick we are we are different on this one conrad yeah. a little quickie never hurt anybody no i like a good quickie but i don't think i want it with boo radley i think i'm with you adam <laughs> i think okay i am the only one who's saying my answer <laughs> i definitely think that definitely yeah. i don't know anyone who wants to shag boo radley i don't know you never know you never know <laughs> okay So please join us next week when we review the epic noir film, Double Indemnity. Until then, here's drinking with you, kid.